Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello. Before we start this episode of the MMA Fan Podcast, we need to tell you about our sponsor, Free Train. Free Train do these fantastic running vests for you to run in, hit the bag in, and they keep your phone close to your chest. No more do you need to have your phone rumbling around in your pocket when you run or at an awkward angle on your arm. You can keep it on your chest with easy access to your phone whenever you go training. And uh, what can the people do, Stu, if they want to get a vest? Simple. Head over to www.freetrain.com have a look see what you like and when you pop it in the basket just before you check out pop in the code MMA fan and save yourself 10% I mean don't ever let it be said we don't spoil you here on this podcast www.freetrain.com go check them out excellent stuff right on with the show Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we've got another sponsor to tell you about, Phil Supreme. They're a nationally recognized brand who offer only the very highest quality of natural supplements. Their extensive range includes a range of medicinal mushrooms, nootropics, anti-aging products, gut support products, green powders, vitamins, and much more. Yep, they've worked with fighters from all the top promotions, including UFC, Bellator, Brave, and Cage Warriors with a solid reputation of providing results. So check them out on Instagram, which is at Phil underscore Supreme, or their website, www.philsupreme.co.uk, and make sure you use the code MMAFAN for a cool 15% off your first order. Don't say we don't spoil you. Stu, right. you, know, you, you know what we're doing, don't you? I know, I know. Yeah, we've yeah. Made, a little, made a little mistake, haven't we? Little boo boo, mate. Little tiny little boo boo, the tiny boo boo. Um, so the uh, the little boo boo is that we have spent a bit of time trying to get all of our back catalogue of interviews and uh, interviews coming up uh, in this next week for the September the fourth card. All these amazing interviews we've done with with fighters that are competing on the September fourth card. We're going to put them on the old YouTube. On the YouTubes, and yeah. uh, we we haven't marketed it at all. We've no. been all, spending all this time trying to get it all organised and get it together. And what we've not done is told you, the listeners, that this is even happening. We've not done a exactly. tweet about it, no Instagram, nope. not nope. even mentioned it on the podcast. And we've just recorded this episode you're about to listen to 
And at the end of the episode, we went, oh, we haven't done that thing. So now we're slotting this in. <laughs> so if you're listening to this incredibly unprofessional podcast, what you can also do now that's really exciting is actually see our weird looking mugs talking rubbish about MMA and talking to these amazing fighters on YouTube. Absolutely. You can see me and you can see Blake's weird looking mug um, talking to the likes of Tyron Woodley. Uh, you can watch uh, our interview with Tyron, who's sitting uh, in outer space with his shirt off. Um, that's quite a surreal watch. It's how um, I always imagined Tyron Woodley <laughs> with his shirt off in space. <laughs> Absolutely. You can see us talking to uh, Alexander Volkanovsky and uh, a who's who of, of UFC, Bellator and Cage Warriors fighters. And, and yeah, you can just get to, to watch it in glorious Zoom Technicolor uh, over on YouTube. So just search the MMA Fan Podcast and it will pop up. And I'm sure we'll be shouting about it uh, when we drop it on all the socials. So, uh, so go and get stuck in and, uh, and subscribe over there as well. And have, yeah. uh, have a little look at my my gloriously handsome elderly face and uh, and Blake's uh, kind of I don't know sickly looking kind of <laughs> <laughs> I don't know like, like a bit poorly uh, frow we- weedy kind of uh, yeah go and have a look at him. Okay, I was going to try and say something, but that just made me laugh too much. Um, <laughs> Should we just get on with the actual episode now? No, I'm going to point out that, honestly, we didn't think we would do a YouTube with this. So the vast majority of the uh, episodes that you'll watch on YouTube, I'm just there looking like a piece of shit. Like, I'm there, like, I've probably not even got any pants on. Like, if I stand up, I've not even watched Survivor, so if I stand up in any of those interviews and you get an eyeful, I apologise. It'll come with some kind of explicit warning. Maybe there'll be a blurred image. I don't know, because we genuinely didn't think we'd stick them on YouTube. But now it's happening so uh, enjoy that. i'd also say i fall was quite an ambitious statement but how uh, <laughs> dare you sir how dare you oh on with the episode Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm one half of your presenting duo. I am Stu Whiffin sitting opposite me via Zoom today as ever. Blake Harrison. Hello. Hello mate. You're right. Not bad. Not bad. So I'm going to take the lead on introducing what's coming up today, Mr. Harrison. And um, what we've got is uh, UFC London, but not UFC London. <laughs> no. um, it's UFC, well, as it's known, UFC Vegas 36. It's a fight night. And uh, ultimately, it's the September the 4th card, I guess we're all calling it now. And, uh, and well, before we get on to the, the fights that are, are happening... Should we just maybe touch on what appears to be a, a little bit of a cursed card? And I don't want to curse that anymore by saying cursed. Yeah. But, oh my God. I mean, what initially started is not what's finished up so far. Looks like it's going to happen, you know, a week Saturday. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I suppose we should also just say that this is the start of our special September the 4th mm. series of episodes. We have interviews with... Uh, Paddy Pimblett, Molly McCann, Jack Shaw, uh, Lerone Murphy, Derek Brunson. Yep, Derek Brunson, you heard it. You heard it, Derek Brunson. <laughs> and maybe, maybe don't tempt someone it. else. Don't no, tempt maybe. Fight. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe someone don't else. Don't say it out loud. Don't say it out loud. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so you've got some cracking episodes coming your way. 
basically, I think for the next, uh, from at least the start of next week, if not earlier, uh, through until like the September fourth. I think at the moment, with the ones that we've got recorded and with this one, you should have them potentially Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, we're spoiling you. You've got episodes every day. They are slightly shorter. They're all about the September 4th card and the difficulties that have been in with it and how training's been for the athletes and stuff like that. Uh, and you will also notice that... MMA's a crazy old world, and there's some interviews that we've done, and um, within days of that interview, fights have been pulled, or um, the, the opponents have pulled out and been, and uh, the fighters we've spoken to have been uh, had to deal with a last minute replacement stuff. Like that. So those things have happened. There's nothing you can do about it, but all of our chats are still really great with these fighters. One in particular that we'll, we'll speak about who's had to deal with two replacements in the space mm. of a week, which is crazy. Um, but yes, but I suppose the thing to, to start off with is that, you know, this was originally a card booked on August the 14th. That date was scrapped. I don't know whether that was to make sure the card got to London or whether it was giving government more uh, time to uh, to deal with the COVID situation, deal with their protocols. But in the end, it was meant to be August 14th. It got pushed to September 4th. And then the uh, British government decided that, you know, indoor arenas, you can only have limited capacity. And Dana White doesn't do limited capacity. He wants full capacity or he's over at the apex. So he's taken it to the apex. Um, I'm going to try and run you down very quickly. Uh, the list of fighters who, you know, they're originally on this card. I'm missing out a couple of them, that, uh, particularly the non-UK uh, fighters, because there's just sure. so many hours in the day. But first of all, Mark Dear Casey was scheduled to fight in a, in a lightweight bout. Uh, sadly, his opponent pulled out the fight. They couldn't reschedule Mark. Nathaniel Wood broke his hand a couple of weeks ago. He's had to pull out of the fight. Paul Craig was set to have the biggest fight of his career against Alexander Gustafsson. Sadly, Gus pulled out. He was injured. Lerone Murphy. We have a great interview with Lerone Murphy coming yeah. up this week. The day we were supposed to do the interview in the evening, he put out an Instagram message saying, sadly, my visa uh, uh, couldn't get sorted in time. So I'm now off the card. So we ended up interviewing him the next day anyway. It's a fantastic interview, much more in-depth about him and his his career and his life before MMA as well. Absolutely amazing story. But you we get also, a real snapshot, don't you, as to why he's called the miracle. Oh, big time, big time. And and also we talk a lot about this, this visa issue. It's really interesting to see how that all went down and, and, and just how that difficult and sad it is for fighters when stuff like that happens um but back onto the card jack shaw poor old jack shaw he's fighting saeed Nurmagomedov, a great fight we interviewed him all about that fight and about some other really interesting stuff as well about judging the bantamweight division you know aldo's win recently the, the sandhagen dillashaw fight it's a really great chat but we were focusing on saeed Nurmagomedov. And then, of course, Nurmagomedov pulls out the fight. So in comes, uh, I think, Landishvili. And then he gets uh, replaced by, um, who's he replaced with now? He is replaced with uh, Ludwig uh, Shalinian, who, if you've been watching the most recent uh, series of The Ultimate Fighter, he's the Armenian guy that made it to the semis, but then was beaten. Um, and that's also going to be a 150-pound catchweight bout. So Jack Shaw has had to deal with double replacement. He's now fighting at catchweight. I feel really sorry for him. He's had a really tough time of it with that. But at least he is still on the card. Jack Shaw is still on the card. Uh, 
And um, then uh, Magomed Ankalaev against Volkan Uzdemir. Not UK fighters, obviously. But, oh, my God, that was going to be a cracking light heavyweight fight. That's been moved uh, back to UFC 267 now. And also, there was a cracking flyweight fight. Perez versus Matt Schnell. That's been rescheduled as well. So this card, it's, it's a fucking shit grenade, basically, isn't it? That's just... It's, what the hell has gone on with this card? Why have I never heard the word shit grenade before? It's, it absolutely is. A grenade of shit, this card. But, but, fear not. Thankfully, you know, you'll still be seeing Darren Till against Derek Brunson. Huge fight in the middleweight division, which we'll get onto in a minute. Obviously, Jack Shaw, we just mentioned, Pride of Wales. He is still on the card, albeit at 150-pound catch weight. Uh, one of the best heavyweight prospects in the UFC, Tom Aspinall, fighting out of uh, Team Cowbomb with Darren Till. He's got probably the toughest test of his career in, in Sergei Pavlovich. Uh, returning fan favorite, Molly Meatball McCann, who we absolutely adore, and we've got a great interview with her this week. Uh, Lithuanian born, but Britain uh, raised uh, Modestus Bukakis is fighting Khalil Roundtree. That'll be an interesting fight, a light heavyweight. And then the debutante that everyone is talking about, Paddy the Baddy Pimblet. We've got a great interview with him as well. So, yeah, it's okay. It's, you know, there's been a lot of shit going wrong, but... Well, quite literally a shit grenade. A shit grenade, but... <laughs> It's okay. You're still going to get a good card. It's just maybe not going to be as UK heavy as we were hoping for. But hey-ho, it is what it is. I mean, the best thing you want to do is uh, is jump on a train and go to Liverpool to watch it. Because, I mean, it's a scarce heavy card, this one, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, it, you know, till... Paddy the Baddy, Molly McCann. I mean, obviously, Tom Aspinall's not a scouser, but he fights at a team cowboy. I'm sure we can call him an honorary scouser. Um, and then Jack Shaw representing Wales on his own there. But uh, maybe he can uh, throw a Liverpool shirt on or an Everton shirt on for the, <laughs> for the evening or something. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's still going to be a good card, I think. Yeah. It's just all our hopes were so high for this being this amazing UK heavy card. It got taken out. At least it's on UK time. No That's what I was about wake- to say. Yeah. I definitely. Mean, no setting your alarms and waking up at like 1 or 3 a.m. or anything like that. It's, it's going to be UK time. And Stu and I will be hopefully with uh, Scroobius Pip and Brian Lacey, our, our partners in crime, on those uh, post shows that, uh, that you all love so much. Uh, and... Um, Oh, no, pre-shows. Pre-shows we do with those pre-shows guys. Pre-shows, they've been doing. Going to spin it. This is, this is the pre-show, Blake. Wake yes, up, man. Yes, I know, I know. And uh, <laughs> so we'll be with those guys watching it live and then hopefully get a, a, a post-show out to you ASAP after that card. Mm. So with all of that said, should we crack on and talk about the upcoming card? Yeah, I'm all over that. I'm all over that. Are we, do you want to start at the top? Let's start at the top, mate. Start with the with the big boys. So, um, Del Boy is fighting uh, Darren Till, obviously at one eight five. Um, I mean, Brunson's on a on a lovely little streak at the moment. Four fight winning streak, I believe. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, ranked fifth, I believe, by the UFC. Uh, and Darren's what one and three? Well, I mean, da- well, I mean, look, he's he's. I think he might technically be one and three, but he's one and one at middleweight, which I think is the most important thing. He's one and one at middleweight. He had that uh, win over Gastelum, 
and that was relatively close, but I think he did win that fight. And then he had another very, very close fight against who people rate as the second best middleweight in the world in Robert Whittaker. Uh, and, uh, and that was a very close fight, but he lost that one. And that was possibly the right decision as well. So, you know, it's Darren, we know Darren is an elite level striker. You know, he, uh, he, he uses feints very well. Uh, a lot of the criticism of Darren of late has been that he doesn't necessarily pull the trigger enough. He will stand there and wait for the opening and faint and faint and faint, and he will get decent shots in. I mean, he clipped Whitaker with a great elbow, I think it was, mm. in maybe the first or second round of the, their fight, and, and and that was a great shot, arguably one of the most impactful shots of the fight. Um but yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Darren pulling the trigger a little bit more. But I mean, that's very easy for me to say. He's he's had these situations with Woodley, with Masvidal, where you know he he was clipped hard at one seventy, and he's now obviously uh, at one eighty five. So you know, I can understand why he's maybe not opening himself up too much. But I do think he maybe needs to be a little bit more aggressive, and maybe the right dance partner for him is someone like Derek Brunson, because I think Derek's going to come forward and look to grapple and it's whether Darren can use his footwork really well, keep away from him and, and, and land those strikes, I guess. I think he's got great, great footwork, Darren Till. That, that's, that's undeniable. Um, and I, obviously I think Brunson's probably the best wrestler he's, he's faced to date. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, you know, even speaking to, uh, to Derek ahead, you know, on the podcast, which we recorded um, yesterday, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's safe to say that, that's his strength in this fight, isn't it? Is you know he's gonna. Uh, you'd imagine he's gonna be going for the, you know, the takedowns and the wrestling. And and I think as Till's wrestling never been really tested. I don't know. Um, you know, most of his stoppages have come from you know uh, Masvidal literally deciding to remove his jaw from his skull. Um, and and then you know and, and most of Till, as we know, is, is is fundamental to Muay Thai. You know, I think he's a little bit more low slung than your more traditional. Muay Thai, you know, I, I definitely kind of look more more along the lines of like Wonderboy and maybe Machida. He's got that kind of like, he, he looks so big and I don't actually think he's taller than Derek Brunson. I think Brunson may be taller than him. Really? Um, and there's not a lot of difference in reach either. I think just so used to looking, uh, looking at Darren Till looking like a monster at Welter, I think. Yeah. That, uh, that obviously now he's, he's, he's up mixing it with the, the, the bigger boys. But I'm really interested to see what happens here and and like you say if Darren's going to pull the trigger or is he going to be concerned about how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Giving away his legs and, mm. and, 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 and Derek coming in and, and, and wrestling him. But, you know, well, that's, that's MMA, isn't it? You that's know, MMA, you, you, but you, you, the other thing that you've got to consider is that whenever you've got a wrestler fighting a striker, you always get those moments of the wrestler fakes the takedown and comes up with that big overhand right. I always feel like when a wrestler fights a striker, the striker always has to worry about more than the one thing, whereas the wrestler generally only has to worry about the one thing. Because the wrestler, yeah. if they've got a big right hand, they can fake it and then come over the top. And that's always an extra concern for a striker in that situation. And unless they're, they're confident they can keep that fight standing with superior takedown defense and stuff like that, then they've just there's just that extra thing to worry about, which always concerns me for strikers when they fight wrestlers. But what happens after this fight is, is massive because this, there's a lot at stake in this fight. If Brunson wins, he's on a five-fight win streak and he's just taken out one of the biggest names in the division in, in Darren Till. He's already fought Adesanya, so he's had to work extra hard to try and get that um, to try and get that that uh, rematch and that title shot. Um, I don't think he would leapfrog Whitaker or anything. I think Whitaker Adesanya is probably is the next fight uh, at I think middleweight. So. I think so. But uh, but I mean, you could see Brunson fighting maybe a Cannoneer after this, which means he would have to go on a six fight win streak. But I think a win over Darren Till really puts him in there as either like your next up after Whitaker. Or you might have to just beat maybe a cannoneer or someone like that to just solidify yourself as, as the next guy. Darren Till, on the other hand, we all know Darren as, as an entertaining guy. He's got like so many followers on social media. Um, he's a huge draw. And because of that, and because of the fact he's not fought Adesanya net yet uh, so far, um, Adesanya has been calling his name out for ages. Basically saying, Till just basically needs one good win and I will fight him because it's stylistically the most interesting matchup. I haven't fought him before. You know it's a much bigger payday fighting Darren Till than it is fighting Derek Brunson. That is just a fact. No disrespect to Brunson. That is, that's just what it is. And the UFC know that as well, which is why they would give him the title shot with just one good win at middleweight or a, a two and one record or anything like that. So the stakes are massive for Darren as well. If Darren wins this, he could be looking straight at the title shot. And, and the thing with the Whitaker fight is that I think the UFC really want to do that in Australia. But the yeah. COVID restrictions are so tight over in Australia. That, 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 that won't be happening this year. No chance. And if Adesanya wants to go and Till's got that win and he's happy to go quick, like if Till gets a, a flash, like Brunson goes for a takedown and Till times a knee or something perfectly in that first round. And he's like, I'm good to go in three months. And Adesanya's like, 
well, I wouldn't have fought Whitaker until March anyway. Let's just do it. I mean, Till could leapfrog Whitaker. I mean, crazier things have happened. How do you feel about that? Um, I, I tell you, if if Whitaker were to say, I'm not going to fight until like March anyway, because, you know, he's, I think he's got like four kids now. I think he's only recently had a baby a little while ago. Um, so he might be thinking, I'm not going to fight till March anyway. If they can still keep the March date for Whitaker versus the champion, I don't care if Till fights Adesanya in, say, December. That wouldn't bother me. But if it pushes Whitaker backwards or if it puts the Whitaker fight in, in jeopardy long term, then I don't think it's the right to do because Robert Whitaker has more than done enough to deserve his rematch and his title shot. Yeah. I mean, Cannoneer, uh, I thought, looked um, f- fantastic uh, uh, against uh, Gasleman. However, also, we, we you know, we, we can't look past the fact that on uh, in October, uh, Vittori's fighting Costa. Uh, yeah. And so the, the winner of that, is that a potential fight for, for Till? I mean, Till was meant to have fought Vittori a while back. Am I right? And that got, that got um, yep. cancelled. So... I mean, do you think Till does enough to get that shot should, you know, what you've just said happens? I'd like to see him fight again, like you say, not long being in the division. And, and I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan of, of the fact that social media and marketability is getting people shots quicker than they should get them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I know why, and of course I'm going to watch him, and of course I'm going to be excited. But some fighters just... Derek Brunson, literally, head down, just keep going, you know, on a streak like that he's on, and somebody comes and, and just gets that win and, and fast tracks. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it, but I understand that, you know, that's how Dana works. Yeah. Bless you, Stu. Poor... Lovely, naive Stuart. Just, you know, no one cares about how you feel about this shit because the UFC will just stick him in a title shot. Because it's a business. It's, you know, at the end of the day. I know. I am with you. I would rather see MMA as a bit more of a meritocracy. You get the right amount of wins. I mean, we, we discuss Leon Edwards all the time on this show and how much he deserves title shots way more than the Colby Covingtons of this world at the moment and stuff like that. But it's not how the UFC works. It's not how the business works. They want the money. If Darren Till wins this fight, especially if he, especially if he does it with a knockout or he does it in style, there is no way they book him another fight other than a title shot. Um, unless in some way they, they make the Whitaker-Adesanya fight happen soon and Whitaker were to win that fight, then obviously you're going to do a trilogy and then Darren Till will have to fight a Costa or a Vittori or a Cannon or whoever, you know, um, I mean, to be fair, <coughs> as we pointed out, Till's only had two fights at middleweight. He yep. could fight the vast majority of that top 10 and it'd be like a fresh, interesting, exciting match. So I'm going to say I'm, I'm up for any of them. <laughs> I, I think they're all great fights. I, 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 I would re I think Till versus Vittori, which is a fight that he was supposed to have a while back before he broke his collarbone, and now it's Brunson, yeah. is a better fight for Till than uh, than the Brunson fight. I mean, if Vittori yeah. was able to take Till down 
Brunson is definitely going to take Till down. And I think Till could really do well on the feet against Vittori. Uh, if mm. he can keep that fight standing, I, f- I think he lights Vittori up and he gives Vittori a lot of problems. So, yeah, I, I, I think he'd look great in that fight. But we'll have, to, we'll have to just wait and see. But as I say, I think if he beats Brunson, title shot for Darren Till. And to be fair, if it is granted, whether it's 100% deserved or not, we'll all be excited about it because Till versus Adesanya... I think it will be one of those really tense striking matches, but I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be good. I don't think one single person will shoot. I don't think there's going to be a huge amount of clinch work up against a fence. They're going to be in the middle of that octagon. They're going to be fainting, 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 and then releasing. And it could be a really interesting and exciting fight. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to uh, the, the next fight. Um which is Tom Aspinall, lovely yeah. Tom Aspinall um, versus Sergei uh, Pavlovich. Um, so from when we spoke to Tom, um, and you can go and listen to that episode now, we had a wonderful chat with Tom, and, and he told us after the, after the episode, didn't he, that this fight was about to be um, mm-hmm. announced. Um, and, you know, he said, it's, uh, I mean, I've got to be honest, I wasn't aware of uh, Pavlovich at that point. Yep. Um and obviously since gone and gone and had a look and uh yeah he's uh he's no fool and obviously he's just had a a couple of years layoff I don't know if that's through injury or what but um yeah he's uh I mean just looking at his 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 record here he's got wins over sort of Morris Green he's he's, he's lost um against Overeem but this is like 2018 also that um, was his debut his debut was against Overeem. Can you imagine that? Your UFC debut is against legend Alistair Overeem, who was ranked sixth at the time back in 2018. I mean, mm. that's a lot to take on. You know, that, yeah. that is a lot for a young man to take on because I think he's only in his like mid twenties or something when when that happened. So that that is a lot to take on, and I don't think that you can use that loss as a great barometer of, of necessarily where he situates in that kind of heavyweight division because he's gone on then and, and sparked people in the first round uh, in the UFC. Morris Green's one of them, as, as you mentioned. Um, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. He's got heavy hands. He's got KO finishes. He did a lot of Greco-Roman wrestling as well back in the day. So he'll be good kind of standing with the body locks and all that kind of stuff as well. I wonder if the holes in his game might be on the ground. I, I wonder if Tom's best... I think Tom will have much better footwork than him and much better speed than him. Um, and I really hope that shines through in his boxing. But I wonder if one of the best things to do would be to get him to the ground early. And I think Tom really, with the jiu-jitsu, should have more than enough for him. I'm hoping, anyway. But that first round is going to be dicey because... Pavlovich has got really, really heavy hands, and if he gets clipped once, it, it could be all over. Uh, but that's that's the heavyweight division, Blake. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That 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 you could say that for Tom as well. You know, there, there, there's 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 big old boys throwing big old hands, and so it, it, you know that's that's what makes that division so exciting. Um, I mean, you'd imagine. I mean, from speaking to Tom. I'd love to say he seemed super cocky and confident, but he seemed to be one of the most relaxed people um, I'd ever met. Um, he yeah. was so calm, wasn't he? And so, so self-assured. And, and you could tell that, like, 
very, very sort of quietly confident in in, in what he's going to yeah. do. You know, he's coming off a win over Andrzejowski. I mean, that's that's going to do your confidence mm-hmm. the world of good. You know, and that was his hero as well. Um, yeah. And and again, like we, we talk we talk about this uh, on the episode with with Tom, but. Um, Tom Aspinall's one of them fighters that not just us and our circle of friends, whenever you hear people talking about that division, you know, they'll talk about people that are floating around the top five and then sooner or later somebody will go, Tom Aspinall, keep an eye on him. And I think people are aware that he's a legit problem uh, for the heavyweight division. And I'm hoping, you know, being this this high up on the card, he's going to um, really shine in this fight and, uh, and and hopefully sort of move into the... Do you think he'll move into the top 10 if he gets the win? I don't know if he will, because I think he's ranked 13th, if uh, I'm correct, and Sergei Pavlovich is ranked he's 15th. Not, yeah. So I, but what I think it does is it really cements him in that top 15. Uh, and I think that if you beat Pavlovich, then I think you're only looking forward then. You fought the guy behind you. You're then looking forward, and you're not. Your next guy is a top ten guy, and I think Absolutely. other than Cyril Garn, Tom possibly does have the best footwork in that heavyweight division. Possibly is the lightest on his feet, and he's got a really mean ground game to go with good footwork and good crisp boxing. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I think Tom. I think the ceiling's really high for Tom. I think he really. Yeah. I think he. I really think he'll fight for a belt. He's young, mate. Well, I think he'll fight for a belt sooner than he wants to because the way he spoke before is that he was kind of talking like, I'm in no rush, I will be heavyweight champion, but it will be, you know, it could be five years' time, it could be eight years' time, it, it doesn't matter, I'm a young guy, I'll make it, it's all good, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to take my time getting there. But I think if he beats Pavlovich, he's then probably looking at a t- top 10 guy, and I think very quickly he will find himself going for the belt. The only thing that will stop him is that that heavyweight division regularly gets those annoying log jams, like what we saw with the DC and Stipe trilogy. Sure. At the moment, we've got the weird interim thing going on. Garn should fight in Garnu, but that's not been booked. John Jones is waiting in the ring, who, uh, wait, waiting in the wings, I should say. And uh, who knows you know, when he comes in and how much delay that causes to the rest of the heavyweight division. So I think, you know... Maybe Tom will get what he wants in that kind of slow burn because there might be stuff going on at the top of the division that just takes time to iron out. But yeah. I, th- I think he could well get a title shot if things run smoothly in the heavyweight division. He could get a title shot in a couple of years easy. But he was quite open, wasn't he, about the fact he's in no rush. Yeah. You know, he seemed to be in no rush to get there. You know, because am I right in saying, who did he get offered after the Olofsky fight? He got offered a fight, didn't he? And... <laughs> And he was that. worried. I'm, I'm sure. And he said if he if he got that and he won that, they might throw him in the top ten. And he, you know, and he, he felt like that was being rushed. Am I right? I don't know. I don't remember that. But but it does okay. sound like the types of things that he has been saying in terms of like. Sure. I think he's confident in himself, as you've said, as as mm. he would be. But I think he's just happy to to take it quite in quite a relaxed manner and get there yeah. in his own time. I don't think he wants to force anything. I think he's more than happy. To you know, pay his dues, take out opponents behind him in the rankings, all that kind of stuff. Do what's right and what 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 suits him, and uh, and not be in any mad rush. Absolutely. Well, you know, from one um, humble northerner um, to another, um, subdued, quiet, um, humble 
um, northerner, um, which if if the topology stats are right and and and, and the and the layout is so, it looks like the, the the third fight on that card could very well be a very own Paddy the Paddy Pimlet. I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? I'm pretty sure at the start of this whole thing, he was maybe on the prelims or that's or the, the featured prelim or something like that. But the card has suffered so much that as much as UK MMA fans will know that Paddy is a star and worthy of being on that main card, the rest of the world don't know that yet. And they might be looking at that scheduling going, hang on a minute, why is Benjamini, a guy that's two and one, and this new guy from England on the main card? That's that strange booking. Um but hopefully, once he's over there in fight week, as I think he said in the interview, getting everyone in headlocks and blaring his music loudly in the hotel rooms and stuff, then uh, he'll be. Uh, people will know who he is after after a, 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 hopefully a, a an exceptional performance. I mean, look, Vendramini is someone I've, I've only seen a little of. He seems to be a comfortable grappler. Uh, he's one of his. Uh, he's always oh, one and is he one and two? Maybe he's one and two. I think in the UFC. But he, uh, I think one of his first loss might have been a late notice replacement because it was up at welterweight and he did seem undersized. And it makes me think maybe that was a late notice replacement. He got hit with a flying knee and, you know, it was a bad one. Um, And then I think he won his next fight and then lost his last fight by a decision. So, and that was back down at, at lightweight. So, you know, he's, I think he's comfortable on the ground. There are no easy fights in the UFC. There's just not. It, 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 there's definitely fights that people go so and so is expected to win this fight, and you can see mm-hmm. sometimes in the matchmaking that that's happening. But there is no easy fights in the UFC. I mean, again, we've spoken about Sean O'Malley and Chris Martino in the past. At that, um, was it two six four or yeah, it was a two six four card, well, the yeah. Connor card. Um, and you know, he was brought in to kind of be the fodder. For, for Sean to make a, a highlight real knockout out of it didn't quite work out that way necessarily but Sean did dominate the fight and styled on him a little bit um, but that was again late notice replacement he came in from another organisation uh, it's very rare you get those ones Benjamini's been in the UFC for three fights now the first one was uh, in the weight above probably late notice how much can you really put on that? Not much. And then he's lost the decision. And then I think won a first round head kick knockout. So, you know, it's, it's, we don't know. I mean, the main thing I think will be Paddy, as always, incredibly confident, water off a duck's back, all this kind of pressure and all that stuff. But when he's actually there in Vegas at the UFC, seeing the PI, seeing the big names around him, um, and all that stuff, seeing Dana White in the corridors and all that stuff, will the pressure get to him? I hope not. To be honest, I don't think it will because we've chatted to him enough now to know a bit more about his personality and he does seem like someone that can just deal with this stuff very easily. But until you're there and you experience it for real, you, you, you're you never 100% sure. So that'll be interesting. Absolutely. I mean, Luigi's, you know, uh, being Brazilian, his background is obviously BJJ. Um, so obviously we know that Paddy's wrestling's fantastic. Uh, and so you'd imagine there'd be quite a lot of groundwork in this fight. But if we look at Paddy's last fight uh, in Cage Warriors, he was determined to uh, to get out there and, and, and show everybody about his, his striking. And, you know, we all know that he's been working relentlessly on that. And 
I thought in that last performance he looked phenomenal. Yes, this is a this is a new corporation. This is a you know a new level, but I don't think this is going to be anything that's going to be too much for Paddy Pimlet. I think he's he's confident and having that kind of in the back of his mind, he knows that if he needs to get the job done, he can take him down. And his wrestling's fantastic. And I'm sure from what we've seen, the confidence in his striking is growing and growing. And I think he knows. You know, he's not been in a rush to get to UFC. You know, I think he'd been offered it before and he'd, he'd, he'd kind uh-huh. of, sort of backed off from it. And he knows it's the right time now. And as we, we said to him uh, in the episode that'll be um, out next week, there's nothing any of us would have liked to have seen more than to see and hear, where's your head at? And out comes Paddy Pimlet in London to a full arena going mental. If there's 150 people in Vegas... I know that that 150 people are going to be transfixed on Paddy's walkout. You know, the the post-fight interviews, you know, every bit of press leading up to that, we know that he's going to deliver and he's going to make himself known. And I think I'm more excited about this fight than any other on the card. And that's taking nothing away from any of them fighters. This is the one that I'm really looking forward to. I want to see what Paddy's going to do. And just what a, what a platform. Third on the card for your debut you know, incredible. Can't wait to see what he's going to do. And I'm confident that he's going to finish him. I think he's going to knock him down and I think he's going to just tap him out. There you go. There you go. We're all excited for Paddy the Baddy. And over to his uh, next-gen uh, compadre, uh, Meatball Molly McCann. Uh, she's fighting ji Yun Kim on the prelims. Now, the thing that really stands out here, and we spoke to her a little bit about this in our interview with, with the lovely Molly, uh... Uh, there's a three-inch height difference between her and Ji Young Kim, but the thing that really stands out is Ji Young Kim has a ten-inch reach advantage. Ten inches of reach—that's crazy. That's absolutely mental. So, I mean, we we spoke to Molly a bit about it. And she's saying, yeah, you know, she's going to have to make the taller fighter fight a, a kind of short person fight which they won't like as much so that the plan is obviously obviously there and I, I think that Ji and Kim will know what her plan will be as well I'm sure that she's going to want to just keep the range keep the distance and, and Molly's going to have to maraud forward but that's what Molly does best she goes forward you know head down gloves up and then just starts going for it and, and I think that she's going to put on a really really exciting fight for all of us the only concern I have is that Molly's on a two-fight losing streak, unfortunately, and that that's pressure because you know with the UFC, if you hit three losses in a row, questions are going to start being asked about whether or not you belong there. And as a UK MMA fan and as a Molly McCann fan, I want her to stay there. I want her to to win this fight and go on a big win streak and get big money and big profile. And and, and I only want good things for Molly. Um, But yeah, you just just are wondering how much of that is going to be in her brain when she's walking out to the octagon. I think it's great that she's got Paddy with her. I think, you know, she's going to have both her corner men um, out there. which I think is going to be great. It's going to feel, you know, having Paddy there, I'm sure, you know, we speak to her about this on the episode anyway. Um, but 
obviously Kim's background's boxing as well, and to have that kind of reach advantage, and if you're a boxer, that's that's a legit threat. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Molly says, like look at look at tall boxers, right? So if you look at, for instance, you know you. Oh, I, I, I don't know. You Tony Tucker's and, uh, and and fighters like that, and then you look at when they were fighting Mike Tyson. You know who's much much shorter. They utilize their height. You know they fight yeah. like small fighters, and they come in low and they move lots of head movement. And what Molly's really good at is that dirty boxing. And I think that's what's going to get her the win here. I think she's going to close that distance because she's not going to take a backward step. We know that through watching Molly. She just doesn't do that. It's going to be forward, forward, forward. And I think that pressure, you know, especially when you see Molly getting that octagon, she is giving it. She does not look like she's intimidated by anything. I would not want to be looking at Molly McCann from the other side of the octagon thinking she's coming at me because you know she's not going to step backwards. And I think she's going to... She's going to make up that grand. I think it might take her to the second round to make that grand up. And then I think sort of rounds two and three, the dirty boxing is going to absolutely uh, be too much for Kim. That's how I see it going, Blake. Yeah, I, I think you could be right. And I really hope that uh, that Molly does the business. Um, last but not least, not a scouser, but a proud Welshman. We got uh, Jack the Tankshaw taking on Ludwig Scholinian who uh, was an ultimate fighter contestant in the latest series of that. He lost his semi-final fight against Ricky. I can't remember his last name now, but he's now in the final. We'll be fighting tomorrow night as we record this. So uh, that'll be interesting. Um, I think this is very much a very late, late replacement because this is the second replacement Jack had. It was Nurmagomedov originally. That's who he planned his camp around. A very flashy striker show. Throws a lot of spinning attacks. Very kind of Zabit-esque. And then... uh, I love that's become a thing. Zabit-esque. Zabit-esque. That's that's now what we call it. If you're flamboyant, that's what you are. Um, But but yeah, and then uh, Lundishvili came in and then he was gone again very quickly. And then Shalinian's come back in. Shalinian, uh, Arminian uh, by birth, but trains over in the US. Decent wrestler, good wrestler. I think Jack should have too much for him both on the feet and maybe on the ground as well. I mean, uh, when I've watched The Ultimate Fighter, he is good in offensive wrestling situations, uh, Ludwig Schillinian, but um, in his in his semi-final fight, the guy got his back, put him in a body triangle, and he just couldn't do anything to get out of it. And it made me think it, that maybe his defensive wrestling wasn't as as good as it should be and he might have gone away and worked on that but I think Jack is all round an all round brilliant fighter he's good on the ground he's good with his wrestling he's good with his uh, with his striking and and I think he will be too much for him the 150 pound catch weight thing is interesting how much will that play a factor and how much like kind of was Jack cutting down weight beforehand um and also, will it affect things later on? Like uh, uh, this win, it'll be a paycheck for Jack for sure, and that's great. And it's another win on the record in the UFC, which is good. I think he'd move to four and zero in the UFC. Should be getting a ranked opponent. But then, when you've got a win like this, instead of like a say Nurmagomedov win, then people can start going, "Oh, but that last win was just that late replacement one. It wasn't that big a deal." And they'll start kind of casting some doubts over the legitimacy of that win, which. You know, we don't want to see that. Jack deserves all the credit if he wins this fight. He's done everything right in his power leading up to the fight. And if he wins this, which I'm confident he will, should be getting a ranked opponent next. 
so I, I I know what you're saying that you know is if I mean I, I don't want to look look past Ludwig, but I do think that um, Jack will be way too much for him, uh, and if people do then kind of dismiss that win. I don't necessarily think that would be the case. I think people will look at Jack Shaw and go, 15-0. and And I think that's going to carry him where yeah. he needs to go because, you know, if you're 15-0 and in the UFC, obviously in, in MMA, but he's, uh, again, he's one of them fighters like, um, like Tom that whenever people talk about divisions and you talk about all the people in the top five, it's not long before you start looking just outside that and it's Jack Shaw that gets mentioned. And, you know, we, we've, we've spoke to him a couple of times now and he's a confident young man and uh, humble, quiet, but he gets the job done. And I see, I, I see that very much being the case on Saturday. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And uh, again, the following he's got, like, if that would have been London, Molly, Darren, mm. Paddy, and Jack Shaw, that would have been ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've all missed out. Look, as we yeah. said at the start, shit grenade. That's, it's been a shit grenade. We, there's no ifs or buts about it. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. But Absolutely. Yeah, best of luck to Jack. Fingers crossed that goes his way and he does get a ranked opponent because he really does deserve it, I think, if he gets another win. Um, but last uh, kind of UK contingent on the card is Modestus Bukakis, who is fighting Khalil Roundtree. Both those guys in the light heavyweight <laughs> division. Fun fighters, really great fighters. It could be a really fun fight. Uh, both coming off two losses. So, again, maybe it's a case of who deals with the pressure the best because, again, three losses in the UFC, people start, uh, unless you're a big name already. People or Sam Alvey. Or Sam Alvey. People start asking questions. But, um, yeah. but yeah, we'll see. I mean, the, well, just going back to Jack quickly as well, the one thing I think this might do is maybe the UFC brass will go, hey, this kid's not messing around. He, he took two late-notice replacements. He did the business. And, you know, I think the UFC and Dana, Sean Shelby and all that, Mick Maynard, they remember that. And I think mm. that they reward it because they know that they can count on you. You're not going to pull out your, you know, I know injuries happen to everyone. There's no shame in it. But being someone they can count on, I think, means a lot to them. And I think you'll be rewarded for it. I mean, look at Cowboy Cerrone and the opportunities he's had and some of the losing streaks he's been on and then still been given fights and money and, and maybe even like ambassador roles and stuff like that, I think, maybe in the past. So, yeah, I think he, um, yeah, I, I think Jack is doing well for the future of his career by just continuing to say yes yeah. And hopefully that will pay dividends in the future. But uh, Khalil Roundtree, Medescus, uh, Bukakis should be a fun fight, both on two losses, as I said. So that will be an interesting one to see who deals with the pressure there. And uh, outside of that, that's that's the UK contingent done. Yeah. So you can go and explore. You can go and explore the the um, not the back catalogue. Well, you can explore the back catalogue, and you can hear full length uh, interviews with um, Molly, Paddy, Tom, <clears throat> um, and Jack, amongst uh, a myriad of other um, UFC fighters, uh, as well as um, Bellator and, and Cage Warriors fighters. Um, recent. Uh, guests have been uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, Tyron Woodley, who by the time this episode is out, hopefully would have had his hand raised and uh, and would have been looking down on uh, on Jake Paul and uh, laying on the canvas. And, uh, That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? A, 
a big old clump around the ear hole. Um, so let's hope that happens. Um, and uh, yeah, and so go and explore the back catalogue. But also, as Blake um, mentioned at the beginning of this episode, for the rest of this week, every day we're going to be dropping an episode with um, all of the, the British fighters. And as again, as, as Blake mentioned, Derek Brunson as well. We got to sit and talk to, to Derek Brunson and, and what a lovely fellow he was as well. Oh, he was really, really nice. He had some pretty lovely things to say about Darren Till as well. So, I mean, yeah. it's not going to be a fight steeped in any kind of animosity. I think it's going to be respectful, but I think when they get in there, they both know what's on the line and what's on the line for both of them could be a potential title shot in the very, very near future. So I think they're all, they're going to leave it all in there and it's going to be a great fight to end the night on a classic kind of striker versus wrestler grappler fight. Mm. Um, and I think it'll be a good one. Absolutely. Absolutely. We done. We're done. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy this. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this little breakdown and enjoy the, uh, the upcoming episodes for the September 4th card and all these brilliant interviews coming your way get excited for it september 4th on bt sport on uk time i think maybe the prelims start at about 6 p.m so get your mates over get some drinks in and enjoy it and tweet us yeah tell us what you think of the card and and whether we've come up with some really bad breakdowns of how we think this fight is gonna go (laughs) because that will happen because we are just we are just armchair fans and if we've got it wrong that's expected Uh, if nothing else something's just popped in my head Go I'm going to be sitting on a little sofa next to you and I. And we're all going to be chatting away, but old Harrison's going to have his head in his phone trying to get his little tweet on the <laughs> UFC and eat. Yes, I absolutely am. You will be unbearable if there's an audience with around you and that pops up. Oh, oh barely oh, the thought of that. Do you know what I'll do as well is I'll play it really cool just to give you a little side eye and a cheeky grin. But I'm not going to jump around the room. I'm just going to give you a side eye and a little cheeky grin. Just really let it set in. And I'll maintain that same face expression for the entire evening <laughs> hashtag smug brick <laughs> <laughs> right give us a follow on the socials and, and, and stay in touch with us on, on when the, the fight unfolds because we'll be with Scroobius Pip and Brian Lacey um, who you've heard us chatting to on um, other pre-fight shows we'll be recording hopefully a post-fight show with them afterwards so we'll all be tweeting and we'll be on the socials posting bits and pieces so get stuck in and, and interact with us and we'll, uh, we'll have a good old pod natter Yeah, and I mean, we've basically tried to wrap this up about three, four times, but I have to say, I think we're starting a little YouTube channel. Can we, should we say that? So these episodes, these episodes that we've um, got coming up, I think they're going to be going on YouTube as well as all the back catalogue. We haven't really done a very good job of marketing that, have we? We've not mentioned it. It's the first time we've mentioned it. (laughs) What's going to be really weird is what I'm going to suggest we do now when we finish is we call a little advert that's going to actually have popped up at the beginning of this episode. So it's going to sound even weirder when we have this conversation that we've just had. Oh, boy. No one's listening to this bit anyway. They fast-forwarded. Nah, as soon as they hear that little bit of music and they've heard us ramble for a couple of minutes, they're like, yeah, all right, move on, like, share, retweet, blah, 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 blah. Next episode, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.